Welcome back to another episode of the Scozzi Football Podcast. Uh, I'm here with Anthony McGuire, north of the river. I'm south of the river. We're going to talk a bit more about European football. Rangers in the diamonds are forever, capital of Antwerp. We're going to see a wee bit more about what happened in the league that passed and also look forward to the week that came and absolutely reflect on the fact that our predictions may be not the best. Antonio, how are you doing? Very well, mate. I'm 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 doing well. We're uh, we're recording on Zencaster this week, and they've upgraded the facilities with video, so I can see Richard and Richard can see me. So it's a little bit weird. We're used to not seeing each other and just blethering away. So this will be a new, uh, it's taken to a new level. Um, I'm well. Um, Rangers in Europe, Richard. So what's what's happening? We're playing Royal Antwerp. What's the what's the latest? What's the what's the dross? Well, Antwerp. Actually, very exciting because they've done quite well um, coming back from nowhere. Very competitive team. One of the oldest teams in Belgium. In fact, the oldest team in Belgium. Their history is that they were very competitive with uh, a beer shot, which is one of the, the other suburbs in Antwerp near to where they came from. 85% of the world's rough diamonds pass through Antwerp in any given year. So... Alfredo Morales will be there tomorrow night. <laughs> and and it's really good to see that um, they're still competitive. Antwerp, second league, uh, Belgium, similar to Scotland, closed doors, long periods of time. Club Bruges are currently at the top of the table and, and, and far ahead. And Antwerp almost doing a Celtic and being that kind of distant second but also distant third. So it's going to be interesting to see how that maps out. It's going to be a really competitive game. Rangers beat Standard Liège home and away earlier in the year. Um, KMR Roof, uh, with his history of Belgian football, will we'll know lots and lots about it. And I think it's going to be a really interesting night. I think Rangers have been the top of their game for so long, but they're going into this game kind of a wee bit off the boil, draw with Hamilton, Semi, semi win against Kilmarnock. You saw the goal. I saw the goal. Um, what do you think? Yeah, they, they they definitely aren't playing with the the free flowing fluency and the um the, the 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 mountain of chances that they've been creating definitely in the first part of the season. So I do feel that they are sort of in that. I would say they're in a rut. They're just. They're just doing what needs to be done. Like they're grinding out results. And again, you know, we've we've had this with Celtic in previous seasons. Like, you know, Mark of Champions is be able to win when you're not playing well. It took a worldie from uh, Ryan Kent on the weekend to break the deadlock against Kilmarnock. Um, it was an exceptional, exceptional goal. One touch to set it up and then curling volley in the top corner. So very, very good goal. Um so it'll be interesting to see if they can just change gears for Europe because in the past, like Rangers, if they'd had a an average result in the league in previous seasons, they still were able to turn it around for the for Europe. It's like a flick of a switch. So it will be interesting to see if they can sort of do that um, against Royal Antwerp tonight and just sort of change gears. And and to be honest, not without the distractions this week because I mean, obviously we're going to obviously talk about it. We may as well talk about it now. Five players um, caught in a COVID breach um, in a house party. Um, Calvin Bassey, Bongani Zungu, uh, Nathan Patterson, Dappy Maboud, who's actually on loan between the South at the moment, and goalkeeper Brian Kinnear. Um, plenty of distractions for Rangers. So, I mean, 
What do you think, Richard? Ain't that strive any bearing on tonight's result? I think Rangers are aiming for that COVID-19. Um, so aiming to get 19 out of the COVID-19. Um, you know, they, they, they've had uh, Jordan Jones and whatever else, you know, scandal beforehand. And it, it really, I, I mean, I, I make the point lightly, but it's, it's been quite awkward for them. It has created a lot of tension between um, politicians, other people in football, other people who think that it's going to be um, just one of these kind of small beer episodes that nobody's going to care about. And we've all kind of marched on into the future. And, you know, these guys are probably small part players in a squad. And, and in fact, the first team squad would never have been involved in that. But, and it's a big but, there have been mentions earlier on in the season about, you know, Take, taking and making an example of players. I would never want to see it being a season that's null and void. But I do think it's a possibility that this is one of the, the potential sanctions that's available to government and other, you know, other authorities, including the league. Well, I I take your point, Richard, and I think that, you know, um, Nicola was quick to come out and say that football needs to get its house in order and you know, I don't care whether you're Celtic or Rangers or whatever, like, you know, it's not good enough. You, you know, priv- sportsmen are like, elite sports people are in a privileged position in society at the moment. And if they are seen to be doing the wrong thing, then that sends messages to the general public that, well, to hell with this. Why are we locking down when, you know, the footballers are having a party and all the rest of it? So there's that aspect. The other thing that just strikes me as a bit curious is that when George Edinson and Jordan Jones were found out to have attended a party, they were both ripped out the squad, basically told that they were going out on loan and basically their Rangers careers are over. Now they were fringe players that were probably potentially going to get moved on anyway. So, you know, a little bit of um you know, killing two birds with one stone there. But it will be interesting to see how Rangers handles this because Nathan Patterson is probably their brightest shining star in their academy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Borgani Zungo is also another one who is an up-and-coming player in that squad. Will they be so aggressive and be so heavy-handed with them like they were with Jordan Jones and George Edmondson? Remains to be seen. I don't think so, but that's my that's my feeling. Anyway, so they're in Antwerp tonight. So how's it going to go? I, I, to be honest, I haven't really looked much into Royal Antwerp. Um, I, I, a draw wouldn't surprise me. I think Steven Gerrard would probably take that, given the way the team's probably been performing in the league. Um, and given all the other, you know, I imagine it'd still be a bit of a headache for him having to deal with um, what's happened on the weekend. So I think he'd, he'd take a draw and, and go back to Ibrox and expect to, you know, get through the tie. So I think that's probably how it might play out. I actually think Antwerp are better than that. And I think that they've just won their, their respective old firm derby against Beershot at the weekend. And I actually see them uh, taking at least a goal or two and, and taking that to Ibrox and making that wee bit harder for Rangers. Um, and and Kemar Roof will know all about it, but uh, I, he may not have always kind of supporting team. But it's great to see the um, Scottish football again be represented after Christmas, season after season after season. Uh, Celtic made a bit of a loss, Antonio. Uh, you'll know more about that than me. Yeah, I think it was at six million pounds or thereabouts. Um, that's Is that si- all. <laughs> that, that's all. Pocket change. Um, is it six months figures? Um, to be expected. This starts tying in the the COVID 
era. So this is um, lack of match attendance uh, and and all the sort of things that come along come along with that. Um, so expect to see a few players on the transfer come the summer. Celtic are not alone though. French football in absolute financial, you know, kind of freefall. And it's really interesting to see. And they may be the first league to do it. Um, as we had a bit of a laugh about earlier on in the season, Uber Eats, the French league Uber Eats season, uh, followed by We've Got No Sponsor, followed by actually, this is all going a bit peak tong. And, you know, um, TV sponsors being able to go in there and, and renegotiate deals that are worth 1 billion euros down to 400,000 euros. That's a massive difference. Are you suggesting um, the possibility of salary caps? Is that sort of Well, way? you know, I, I, I can't foresee that because of the way that all the, all the kind of different laws in Europe and so on work. But, you know, I, I actually big time see that the Brexit will have a, a massive um, Im- impact on uh, European football for for the, the clubs in Scotland and even more so the clubs in England. Um, but I actually see now that, um, for example, I think Odson Edward, who would previously have been admitted as a 25 million or 30 million striker, is being offered to Arsenal at 14 million for the, mm. the coming you know the coming transfer window, even even before that transfer window has appeared, I, I just kind of see that there's there's real movement there, and it's going to be quite tricky to see how the finances will play out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a financial reset's probably in order anyway. I think some of the transfer fees getting paid for players are just absolutely insane. I'm not necessarily talking about Scotland here. I'm talking about you know England and and other the other big leagues, but. Maybe and for I, you, Anthony, I mean, but what you're a forty million kind of guy yourself, aren't you? <laughs> maybe I, um, maybe a uh, a financial reset is not a bad thing. Look, one of the upshots for Celtic this season has definitely been David Turnbull. Um, he scored an absolute great goal uh, against Aberdeen last night. It was the the, the split, split the split the two teams. Um, Aberdeen gave him probably a little bit too much space, but he lashed it from poor. Oh, I'd say it was a good sort of thirty yards out. Joe Lewis had no chance. Um, Celtic, apparently dominant first half hour. Aberdeen came into it after then. Probably a bit ropey in the second half. Some of the defensive displays, a couple of blocks and saves on the line. Um, but Aberdeen, Big Ken Berry, looked not too bad. Looked a bit of a handful. Right. So he might he might come good for, for Aberdeen. And by goodness, don't they need that? Um, the fallout continues there. Six games without see, scoring. See if I'm blunt, he's, he's got a slow motion handful though. I'm I, I just... I, not quite quick enough. It's it's good to watch, but it's just not quite quick enough. Well, I think you know he's uh, yeah he didn't get in for St. Helens, so I mean like you know he's obviously he's either no on top of his game or whatever. But he's just I still think in Scot- in Scottish football he knows where the goals are and he he will get goals. So I think that's coming. I think he's just a little bit off the off the pace a wee bit. But um, he, he went close with one of his efforts hit the hit the post. Scott Bain had it covered, we think, but sort of hit the post. But Aberdeen. One win in 10, seven points out of 30, one win in their last 11 away matches. Last season, you could you could put your money on Aberdeen winning away from home. They couldn't win at Pedodri, but they won away from home a lot. And this season, that form has completely reversed 180 degrees. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've been trying to dig in a bit deeper around this to try and understand like how 
you know, where is all this coming from? How has this happened? But Derek McInnes was clearly upset with Scott Wright leaving on the last day of the, the transfer window. He seemed to think it was going to be a pre-contract and he'd keep his services until the end of the season because Rangers probably didn't need him right right away. Um, so I don't know whether a little bit extra money was offered and Aberdeen were like, you know, the chairman, uh, Dave Cormack, was like, yes, I will take that money now because we need that money like to get us through the rest of the season. Um, Pat Bonner pointed out um, that Aberdeen always persists, or Derek McInnes always persists with man-to-man marking against Celtic, um, which has never worked. Well, I, I can't recall a time it has worked against Celtic. Does Celtic just move the players around and create the space that they need? And then that's obviously what led to the goal last night. But he seems to persist with that strategy, and it never seems to get him anywhere. So, you know, question marks around that. Um and I renew my call to say that he, I think he'll be gone by the end of the season. I think he will. I think there'll be a mutual parting of ways. I think if he was to be removed before the end of the season, I think that would be crazy. I still think they can they can maybe get third, but I, I tip Tibbs at the start of the season. I think that's firming up nicely. They're now four points ahead with a game in hand. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's just a few few thoughts uh, there. Thanks for like like captain uh, uh, captain sensible. Honestly, I just I, I I refer you back to our tips at the beginning of the, the this particular podcast where you were um, kind of there or thereabouts or not or not about. And we actually we always level up because you're a bit rubbish and I'm a bit rubbish, but um, you do get to see the fact that Aberdeen. I think by and large we're going to be third or fourth, but I absolutely. Um, um, doff my cap to the fact that you said that um, hips were going to be there at third. Aye, okay. It's still a wee bit tricky to watch. Oh, I, no, I, still... I mean, it could go either way. I'm not, I, yeah, but I, at the moment, if I was betting who would finish third, my money would be on hips right now. And I'm, I should have put, honestly, I don't bet, I don't gamble, but. I'd have put money on Hibs at the start of the season, and they're looking they're looking good and they're looking better. Not the fact that Hibs are playing exceptionally well, just the fact that Aberdeen have been <laughs> bang average. Or that's probably been nice, actually. But um, yeah. I, and I, in fairness, Richard, I did tip Aberdeen to draw with uh, St. Mern on uh, on last Saturday. So I'll, yeah, so, yeah, and I got that wrong. Thank you. I yeah. will eat my humble pie. However, you did tip Livy against Dundee United. Mm. Tell me, tell us, tell us about that, Richard. Tell us about that. Lauren Shanklin turned up on several occasions on that particular game. In fact, oh, do you know what? It was a bit scrappy, in fairness. But there were a couple of red cards, weird red cards, mm. actually. Mm. Uh, Nick Walsh. I'm not sure what he was thinking. And uh, Nick, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think he looks younger than I am. Which is not hard, but I did I did think that the, the first one for Peter Pollitt was weird um, because I, although it would appear there was a second contact with the player and and taking into the shin, it, it wasn't the intention. I think the first you know claim was the ball, and then the second red card for the the the, the Livy. I mean, where was that from? Look, I, what do you think? I, 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 I watched the first one and I was like, all right, he's gone over the ball. So I can see how the referees looked to that and went, that looks reckless because he, his, his legs did end up over the ball. Well, I don't think he meant it, but we're not, obviously we're not talking about intent. We're talking about what actually happened. The pitch was heavy. He's landed over the ball. He's caught the guy. I'm like, it's probably on the softer side of a red, but it's probably, it was clumsy more than anything else, I would say. And it's one of those ones where he knocked the ball a little bit too far in front of himself. He's trying to win the ball back, momentum. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's a bit. It's a bit, probably a bit harsh. It probably could have been a yellow. 
The other one, I, I don't see how that's a red. I mean, it, it was a straight red, actually. It was a straight red for Peter Paul. They're both that, straight, that's they're both what really red. puzzled me. Reds, yeah, it was yeah. A, a straight, like, kind of violent conduct. And that was the bizarrest thing yeah. about it. But the other one, the other one, the guy went through it in, in stages. It was like, it was like he, he tackled him in installments. So, again, I mean, yeah, he took him out and it's his yellow card all day long. It's cynical. Yeah, he stopped play. It wasn't a goal scoring opportunity, but he stopped play. It's a yellow card. He, there was no, there was no danger of him ever injuring or hurting the player. There was no excessive force. Yeah. So I felt they were a little bit hard done by there. But in fairness, Dundee United looked good with ten men. Like they, they, they seemed to press the advantage against Livingston with ten men, and then even when it obviously went to ten each, um, still looked more at Dundee's game. So I mean, Shanklin scoring twice. I quite like the pass from. Um, uh, where are we? Did uh, Ian Hartz came off the bench after yes. the after yeah. that was a yeah. he won the ball and then he just the pass he put in to, for Shanklin. I mean, it was on a bloody plate for him, and he just all he had to do was hit it home first time, mm. and he did. Yeah. Um, so and, and Shanklin probably could have had a hat, hat trick because he had a chance earlier to that that he um, had the double chance against the goalkeeper and just couldn't quite squeeze it past him. So um, yeah, good good day Jackson's at the office back. for good day at the office for the United. Jack Fitzwater, um, very unfortunate for Jack Fitzwater. Um, Jet, good old whatever his name is from Livingston, what an absolutely honking miss at about 2-0 two, two for uh, United that he was scooping into the stands. Lots of love to you, Jet. Um, Ryan, that's incredible volley. Um, you know what? I have to say, Edward against Livingston, uh, sorry, no, St. Johnson, yeah. um, when um, all seemed lost, and and it's interesting how it's reported. Um, if you look at the 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 website, that Rangers Brian Jack's absolutely fantastical volley and Edward rescues something for Celtic. It's very sorry, um, Edward rescues something for Celtic. That was weird, but Edward beautiful second goal. That's one of the hardest things to do. Oh, he's back in form. Like, there's no two ways about it. The last couple of games, he's looked a lot more lively. He's got on the score sheet. I mean, his two goals were basically the difference. Like, you thought Celtic, here we go. They've, they've conceded. Like, they've they've toiled away. They looked the better team. They've conceded. You know, oh god, here we go. And then Edwards popped up twice in the space of five minutes, rescued it, and then they battled away and, and come away two one winners. And, um. You know, I, I think you know. I think he knows that he's off, and I think he knows that he needs to put some performances in, and and that's fair enough. I will take it and uh, move on to the end of the season and and go from there. But unfortunately for Celtic, it's too little, too late, and the pressure's off. And like you said, like we discussed this off air before we started. If Celtic had picked up the nine points that they lost in, in January, they'd only be six points behind Rangers with two games to play against them. The pressure would be on. The pressure would be on, but unfortunately, fifteen points with ten games to go or whatever it is, it's not. There's no pressure. The Rangers will win at a canter. There's no pressure on that. So, Celtic can win as many games now to the end of the season, and I don't think it's going to save Neil Lennon's Celtic career either. I think you know, I, I just can't see how he remains in the position. The reason he's on a rolling contract was that, like, the first time that he didn't achieve league success he'll be shown the door and I, I, you know it's, it's awkward for him now because all he can do is put a team out and win and the more games he wins the heart the more awkward it is for the board to turn and say sorry neil your services are no longer required but ultimately that's what the fans want you know season tickets all this sort of stuff this is the fans are even getting into the stadiums the rest of the year questionable debatable you're talking about vaccine rates later um 
yeah, I, I just think that the, the plans need to be in, start going in place now because Celtic have this bad habit of waiting until June, July, then making all these changes. And then, guess what? You're talking about Champions League qualifiers and you, you've not got a new, you've just got a new manager literally in the door. You've got half a squad. You've got midfielders playing centre half. And then what happens? You bomb out of Champions League before you even get a chance to qualify for it. And then the, his, the cycle repeats itself. So, you know, it, it, I'm sorry for blathering on, but like, it's just it's frustrating when you see the same thing happen season after season after season. It's very, very frustrating. So what do you think is going to happen for Rangers then? Let's imagine that they win the league, which they're going to do, unless it's abandoned and declared null and void. And they will be Champions League group qualifiers. Look, I, I don't think Steven Gerrard will go anywhere unless somebody comes in and makes an offer for him. Like he's not, I don't think he's the sort of guy that's going to go in and actively look for his next job. He will wait until someone comes calling. And basically, who who would be big enough to call him away? Liverpool, obviously. And if not Liverpool, would he take one of the lower tier clubs in the Premier League? So say you're, I don't know, like... Southampton? Yeah, something like that. If they're not relegated? Yeah, well, if they're still still in it, you know, maybe that would be enough to tempt him away. Because playing the Premier League, that would be his dress rehearsal for when the Liverpool job becomes available. I can't see Klopp going like, you know, Liverpool haven't had a great season, but I mean, you can't. The fans have just been very fickle there. (laughs) Celtic sport have been fickle, I know. But it's, um, but yeah, I I just think that it would have to be something pretty big for him to go. I don't think he's the sort of guy that would, would walk out on them. So, you know, unless the big big offer comes in, I think he might be there for another season because why not fill your boots? You know, you're looking across the, 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 the town, you're thinking, well, Celtic aren't really a great shakes at the moment. They're going to require pretty much a full rebuild this, this summer. New manager, potentially. Why not stay around and try and win some more silverware? Like, you know what I mean? Like, fill your boots and then... You know, then you leave a legend, and then you you go on to your next your next post. I mean, I, that's that's the way I see it. I think the biggest challenge is going to be the financial crisis, and uh, and and we're you know we've been inured to it, and we've spoken about it here because you know being kind of cosseted. Um, I think the biggest thing was going to be the financial crisis in terms of people being able to afford to you know fund football in the same way that they've had up until now. You know, Messi being a petulant little schoolboy boy you know is argentinian um these guys have a habit of making money when you know everything's going a bit pear-shaped but i also think that that's the tip of the iceberg that and the french league uh saying that they're actually having difficulty now you know the uber eats they've got another kind of relatively tenuous sponsor it's going to be really hard to see how they're going to plot their way out of it and if that's one of the biggest leagues in Europe and they generate a lot of money for UEFA and so on and so forth how's this going to map out for everyone else too many gangsters well there's that but you know the other thing you gotta look at is if you're relying on fans to pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds for season tickets when there's no guarantee like you say they're going to get back into stadiums the next season and on top of that like you know they might be unemployed or you know, furloughed, or whatever their financial situation might be themselves, you'll just find that people just will not have the money to spend on shirts, um, on you know all the things that go around around with 
with supporting your um your football team it's just that and like we've said previously Scottish football relies much more heavily on their fan base for for financial support than a lot of other leagues but I think that's one of the big things about what's going to happen for a lot of other leagues is that they're going to have to realise that they're going to have to do that too. And so Scottish football has, in many senses, got itself in order because there are clubs now generating a profit even in a pandemic. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've spoken about it. We, we you know we talk about them. You know, we know who they are. Um, I'm actually really interested in what's going to happen mid table because United, um, St Mirren creeping up last night, having beaten... Well, no, they drew with Hamilton, and Hamilton going quite well, having beaten Motherwell in the game that we actually predicted so well that it was going to be the big Motherwell win, but it was 4-1 for Hamilton Ackies, and that's a big lift. Ross County are in deep, deep trouble, I think. Uh, it was good to see, you know, St Mirren still kind of doing that mid-table obscurity thing. I think Livy have gone off the boil a wee bit. It's going to be interesting to yeah. see how that moves towards the final uh, with St Johnson, who are still trucking along quite well. All that, that kind of mix of the middle in Scotland, it's just, yeah, it could be anybody. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got like, I mean, St Mirren 34 points, Dundee United played a game more, 34 points, uh, St Johnson, same number of games, Dundee United, they're four points behind them, so, I mean, how many games until the split? We've probably got another, what? Three, two. Two, two games, so. Three. Two or three, yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, Dundee United could creep in there, definitely. Um, St Mirren yeah. are in a bit of bother with their injuries, like they've got they've got an injury list as long as my arms, so. Um, you know, they they could quite easily fall out of the top six, and it's not because of Jim Goodwin. I think he's, he, yeah, he's had a absolutely. He's managed to turn that team right around, given the, the the horrible start that they had with COVID and all the other issues. But he's been dealt a pretty bad hand, just like I said, now with the injuries as well. And like you say, Livingston definitely just fallen off, fallen off the pace a little bit. But funnily enough, so is Aberdeen. So they're still like six points away from Aberdeen anyway, like, you know, and with a game in hand as well over them. So, you know, yeah. so as much as like they, they've had a couple of bad results, so have Aberdeen. So, um, yeah, they're still, still, still in the, still in the hunt for, um, for Europe. So yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely, it's, you know, obviously top two is taken care of middle table. Definitely. They are third and fourth to play for. And then like you say, who's going to drop? It's um, it's yeah, it's it's there's, there's enough interest there to keep you, keep you satisfied. Let's do some predictions, Richard. Before we, uh, I was going to say, time for shite tips. Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, Florian Canberry will outdo Kyle Lafferty, uh, and get Aberdeen over the line. Kyle Lafferty, tell us, tell us your thoughts about Kyle Lafferty. Oh, no, you don't want to hear those. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, he's had more clubs than Tiger Woods. Um, oh, yeah, I know cliches. Uh, yeah, Regina second, uh, Saria B, let him go, and then I think um, Hamilton were actually in the running to sign him. I think Kilmarnock sort of pipped pipped them near the end of the transfer window. But yeah, look, yeah, I think you know I, he's another one of those ones. Kyle that knows where the knows where the goals are. Um, we probably have an attitude problem at times, but we'll see. Might be, might be, might be enough to keep Tomalik up, and uh, maybe very astute sign from Tommy Wright. And if anybody can sort of straighten someone out, it's Tommy Wright. So we'll see. So, what's your actual prediction there? Then, sorry, I, I said uh, Aberdeen to win. So Aberdeen, yeah. okay, cool, right, jolly good. So Hibs Hamilton. 
Uh, it's, they've had a they've had a week off, so they'll be fresh and, and firing. And, and Hamilton don't seem to strike twice, so they they thumped Motherwell last week after Stephen O'Donnell had a bit of a brain fade. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't see them doing it two weeks in a row. So Hibs. I was going to say that I should clarify. That I'm going to go for a draw with uh, Aberdeen Comar, a kind of donuts, but uh, I agree with you. I think Hibs will beat Hamilton. Motherwell against St Johnson. Oh. Yes, this is, this is a, these are tri- these are all tricky games. These are all they like, are, very very. Uh, very see that's that's so it's all mid table kind of. Yes, mm, yes, could be anything, yeah, yeah. It is, it is. Um, oh, Motherwell bounce back. We're going to take Motherwell to win. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints because I think they're going so well that I think they will pump Motherwell. Uh, it might even be two or three. Ooh, yeah, spicy. Yes, there we go. We'll take that. So that, that that's our differentiator this week. Yep, it looks like it. <laughs> yeah, uh, always ends up evening itself out. St. Mary against Levy. Oh, I'm ready to draw. I'm going to go St. Mary because I think that um, Jim Goodwin's actually flying. I think Levy have actually hit a roadblock. It was all going so well, and they've now lost a couple on the trot. Um, and I actually view St. Mary as being the team to break that cycle at home Rangers against United they're coming back all the way back from Antwerp such a long flight from Antwerp to Glasgow it must be at least an hour well I tell you what Richard I'm just I'm going to throw a cat amongst the pigeons and say Dundee United might sneak a wee draw because they they weren't very close the last time they played each other um, admittedly that was in Dundee but I, I think Rangers coming back from Europe might be a little bit of malaise um, so I'm ready to take a take a draw. So I'm going to take United to win um, because Shankland has always wanted to prove his point at Ibrooks, and I think he will absolutely take it now that he's fit and uh, and he'll be looking to score. So I'm going to take uh, United two 0 Actually, I think Rangers will lose um, handsomely. First loss of the um, season in the league. You're, there we you're go. tipping it. Yes, wow. yes, and also the fact that. Um, um, Alan McGregor um, shouting at his defensive cover um, versus Hamilton. Very interesting, um, <laughs> you know, how that kind of chat went. I, I, he clearly understands how his defensive cover goes, and Shanklin's one of these guys that actually sees that before anyone else does. So, anyway, uh, Ross County Celtic, there. That, that's live and be in sports and various other outlets in Australia. Uh, it's on at um, 12.30 West Australian time, so that's um, half past three I'm ready on to take Sunday a, I'm ready to take, take a, take a post- post- postponement. Um, but if it does go ahead, I think... Uh, I think Celtic will uh, will carry on their winning ways. I just think. That oh, I think it's pretty much melted. Actually, I think it's it? just a wee We're bit good. damp now. It's just going to be waterlogged. Is a big problem, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, I Celtic. I, I take Celtic too. I think Celtic are, have reawakened themselves, and they've got rid of one of the two carcinogens in their dressing room. Uh, Antonio, uh, your final thoughts for the week. Oh, well, a wee bit of Twitter banter for you, Richard. Old fun facts, always worth a follow on Twitter. Yeah, we giggle here and there, um, always with the irrelevant comments. So this week he uh, posted a photo of Bongani Zungo holding up his shirt. This is when he signed for Rangers. And Zungo says, I'm here to emulate Rangers legends. Loudrup McCoist, the reporter asks. No, Jones and Edmondson, he replies. <laughs> Very good. Uh, my final thoughts are all about the... Uh, I'm, I'm delighted to say Australia and New Zealand 
are the hosts for the Australian Women's uh, well, the FIFA World Cup in 2023 Women's World Cup and uh, they've now op- uh, appointed operations directors for both Australia and New Zealand with uh, New Zealand we can have a talk about this some other time Eden Park is likely to host the first game it's really not appropriate for soccer um, but Stadium Australia in Sydney which is being redeveloped and is going to be a 75,000 capacity is going to be the final for the Women's World Cup in 2023 lots of chat there but great to see that um, the game being embraced and also on the scale that it's being embraced and the professionalism involved so I Antonio, a joy. I hope it's all working out well. I hope Rangers go well in Europe. I hope the league gets more interesting. I think it's going to be a tasty week or two. We'll have a chat in a few days. We certainly will. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.